Right, time now for the UK report. And no Gavin Gray this week, but instead we welcome back Kay Oliver uh, to bring us all the news that's making headlines in the UK and Europe. Kay, good to have you back with us. Morning. Good morning, Sarah Jane. How are you this yeah, week? Yeah, I'm, I'm not bad at all. And I'm, I'm even more chuffed because South Africa's just had a nice sporting win. Not that I'm a fan of sport necessarily, but I'm definitely a fan of, of us winning things. So, yeah, all good. All good. Absolutely. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah. All right, Kay, uh, your first story for us um, is around the um, or a warning of uh, a rise in uh, the terror threat um, by the UK's counterterrorism chief uh, since the start of the Israel-Gaza conflict in October last year. What is the warning? Well, absolutely. They've um, basically there's been a briefing this week with Matt Duke. He's the head of the counterterrorist. Um, organization in this country and he's saying that um, there are kind of significant a significant increase in the usual levels uh, levels of terror related threats coming through here they've got um, basically um, feelers out all over the place and there is a flow of activity coming through the systems from MI5 from online reports from public reports that um, extremists are obviously engaged in activities here. There, there is lots of talk. We know that there have been 33 arrests so far for terrorist offences since October when this, uh, this conflict started in Gaza, and it seems that 20% of those people who've been arrested are under the age of 18. High alert here. Machu continuing to, to reiterate that... Um, Everyone has to be keeping a, a, a very careful watch on what's happening and any unusual activity to be reported. But it was simply something that everyone here probably knew would be a warning. And it, it, it's happening, Sarah Jane, really. We're just done on high levels of alert here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I walked into my local uh, supermarket this week and we have a lot of uh, UK papers that get sent uh, over here. So I was uh, looking at the faces of uh, King Charles and his daughter-in-law. Um, what is she now? The Princess of Wales on the front page She's of... Princess of yeah, Wales. Princess yes. of Wales. It's, it still seems so odd to say that. Uh, the, their faces were uh, on the front of the Daily Mail that had obviously been uh, flown over and imported in. Um, two royal house this week absolutely and came completely out of the blue i have to say we know that the princess of wales uh, princess catherine she's in the london clinic been in there for five days now with what's been termed as abdominal surgery and she is going to be in the london clinic for 14 days and then she's going to be away from royal duties until at least easter now the the, the this has come completely out of the blue, the announcement was made, um, obviously, statement made. Ninety minutes later came the, the second blow that King Charles III is going to be having surgery this week on an enlarged prostate. And it seems that he is very keen that people know about this, not least because one in eight men in this country of a certain age will suffer from this condition. Mm. And he wants men to be aware of it, to get checked. And it seems that... Um, basically websites that give information about prostate issues, there was a 12-fold increase in inquiries. So that's why he's come out and said this. With Princess Catherine, it seems that she's, you know, she's very, very high profile. She was last seen with King Charles at Sandringham on Christmas Day for the the royal when they they go to church. Nobody's seen her since. So I guess 
they've had to come out and say all of this. Normally, the royal family keep a very low profile about their health, but yes. this one seems to have two people in within a, the course of an hour. Isn't that made interesting? These yeah, that's interesting. And that also means the knock-on effect uh, means that Prince William, um, who presumably will want to be at his wife and his father's side, uh, so who do they call on now? Because the spare is not around. Well, absolutely, and he's still in California. Apparently, one newspaper has reported that he and Meghan Sussexes have sent get-well messages to um, the, the, the king and the princess. Mm. But um, he's not around, and it seems that one of the people who will have to step up and take over the duties is obviously we have Queen Camilla, but also the Princess Royal, the king's sister, Princess Anne. She's a very active member of the royal family, mm. along with... Uh, Sophie Wessex, I think she's now the Duchess of Edinburgh. Yeah. So those three are going to be very busy, I would think, in coming weeks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of Harry, he's dropped his action against the Daily Mail. Now, I feel like I might have missed a memo on this one because the last time that I remember speaking to Gavin about this, which was sort of um, last year sometime, was that he had a successful... He had been successful in court. Where, where have I yes. lost... The, where have I dropped the ball, Okay. Well, I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure on this either. There were so many actions, so many legal actions involving Harry that um, he, he, I know there was one that was successful, one that perhaps wasn't quite so successful, and he is now withdrawn from this latest legal case against the Daily Mail. He's facing a legal bill, probably in the region of about three quarters of a million pounds. So it all stemmed on the fact that um, the British taxpayer and whether or not they were paying or were still paying for his security arrangements, he was arguing about that. And um, this is where this where the ball has landed at the moment. I, I'm sure there will still be further legal actions going on involving um, uh, the, 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 the Sussexes. But at the moment, this one has gone away and he is left, as I said, three quarters of a million pounds worse off in this one. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he's got it, despite him pleading poverty at some point, I think, during an interview with Oprah. Um, Tata Steele has confirmed that it's going to be uh, cutting uh, nearly 3,000 jobs across the UK. The bulk of those will be lost at its Port Talbot site, uh, with uh, climate change targets being uh, given as a reason why. Tell us more. Well, this is interesting, actually, Estee, because um, Port Talbot, Tata, is seen as the UK's biggest emitter of planet warming, warming carbon dioxide. So if that blast furnace is switched off, Wales will cut its carbon emission by a fifth. Obviously, there is this move here towards green energy, but also in Port Talbot, you've got a whole community that's been built up on the steelworks. And Rishi Sunak, even last week, was still talking about Britain's commitment to, to, to the steel industry. But clearly, um, £200 million a year will be lost in Port Talbot. <sighs> the 3,000 jobs will go, but it's a whole community that's been built up around that. And people are, are saying it really isn't fair, it's coming in too quickly. And, you know, the UK and the Welsh government 
they need they they fail to deliver what's seen as a just transition to a greener future. In other words, they're turning off all the switches now before they've even really made the move towards that greener future and jobs will go. They're talking about retraining people in green energy, but obviously it's all going to take time, more money, and a community in South Wales is literally quaking in its boots to see if they can continue to survive there. It just seems impossible, doesn't it? It is such a a big part of that community, as you say, of Port Talbot in South Wales. Um, we return now to this post office scandal that you have spoken about to us last week and also, uh, Gavin, the previous week. The company now behind the flawed computer system at the sort of at the centre of this scandal has finally apologised. It's Fujitsu, uh, and there have also been calls uh, for Alan. Bates, who was sort of the whistleblower in this scandal, to be knighted. Give us an update, Kay. Well, absolutely. And, and this morning, I've just been looking through the press, and there are pictures of Paula Venel. She's a post office boss who, at the time of all these inquiries, postmasters and mistresses fighting to save their livelihoods, losing everything they had. She's seen partying with all the post office bosses at a concert. I think Pixie Lot was, was performing, so there's video now doing the rounds, which I think has put even a, 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 another nail in the coffin of all of this. Alan Bates, yes, calls for him to be knighted. That's, I think, hundreds of thousands of people have signed a petition for this one. Fujitsu's European boss, um, CEO Paul Patterson, giving evidence and inquiry, actually admitted that they had known about the bugs in this um, Horizon IT system since 1999 when this first came to light um, and postmasters were losing their jobs. But also evidence that was given by the by the people who were being accused of fraud, any any indication that a bug was involved was actually edited out of witness statements. So people have been absolutely shocked shocked and appalled by what's been seen and he admitted that they hadn't obviously acted in in a, in, in the right way and has apologized. And also now in this country MPs are seeking details on just how many other public contracts Fujitsu has. I mean, they could have contracts with as many as 21 public sector organizations and their inquiries into how much money the British government has given Fujitsu since 2019 when all these these flaws started to, to emerge. That is absolutely wild, isn't it? That is extraordinary. If you're just joining us this morning at 9.21, we're on the line uh, with Kay Oliver, who is in London for the UK Report, standing in for Gavin Gray. Oh, Kay, your next story, I don't want to really go there, but we we must. It's absolutely tragic. Um, A two-year-old boy by the name of Bronson Battersby, who was found curled up next to his 60-year-old father, who had suffered a heart attack, and he'd starved to death. The mother's, it seems, isn't around. And the inquiry, or an inquiry is underway by Lincolnshire uh, County Council. And it's essentially that he was too short. He was two inches too short to reach the food. I, it's just so awful, this story. I know. This is a little boy who died in broad daylight. And I mean, the facts behind this are, are so sad. The family were known to social services. Um, a social worker went round to the property where the little boy was staying with with his father, who's 60 years old, on January the 2nd, knocked on the door, got no response, 
um, alerted the council and the police that this had happened, but it does seem it took a couple more attempts for the social worker to gain access to the property. And when they finally got in on January the 9th, the sad scene that greeted them was obviously the father had passed away from a heart attack and poor little Bronson was lying curled up into his father. He'd starved to death because obviously of this delay that had occurred. Um, inquiries have been launched, but another fact that's emerged is that if Bronson had been just two inches taller, he could have reached food that was in a nearby container, but obviously would a two-year-old in a tragic situation like that have known really to go for food or drink? So he, he starved to death, dehydrated, um, an inquiry, but that's not going to bring Bronson back. Absolutely devastating. Um, the measles outbreak that we talked about last week in the UK is now being classed as a major health incident um, and kids are being urged to get the MMR jab, Kay. Yeah, absolutely. And this is basically a follow-on, as, we, as you say, from last week. It's now emerged that up to 3 million um, young people under the age of 16 have not had the second of their MMR jabs and this incident is, is re the, the, the incidence of measles is exploding. They have got um, uh, towns here, low levels of uptake in Liverpool, Manchester, Birmingham, East, the East, East London area. Nearly half of children in East London haven't had the second of their MMR jabs or even the first. It does seem, as we said, um, vaccine should we say hesitancy since the COVID outbreak. We've also got Dame Jenny Harris. She's the chief here of the UK Health Service Agency. And she is begging parents to check on their children's immunization, immunization records to see if they have taken the second of these jabs because a lot of the children, SJ, go in and they have their first jab and then they don't bother to have the second one. Of course, you're not... You're not uh, covered against MMR unless you've, you've gone through the course, but it does seem that so many children haven't had the jabs. And also in the light of the, the Andrew Wakefield link in the 1990s with autism, which of course was proved to be unfounded, that has put so many parents off getting their children vaccinated. And it is now a major incident in this country with this measles outbreak. And people are being reminded that, you know, the, the the bottom line is, if a child has a bad reaction to, to measles, it can lead to death. Yeah. So it, it, it is a horrible illness that was wiped out years ago and seems to be making an awful resurgence. Yeah, for sure. My son had his second. It's interesting you say that about a lot of children have their first um, and then not their second. My my son had his second part this week, so we're, we're dealing with sore legs and things this week. But yeah, oh. it's um, yeah, he's all right. But we, we've also had a measles outbreak in, in South Africa in the last year for exactly the same reasons as you've just as you've just outlined. Next up, this story is I don't know what to make of this story, Kay. I'm not sure. Um, a tourist claims that she's fallen victim to uh, a Roman curse after she took rocks uh, from Pompeii. Tell us the rest of the story. Well, now, this is a strange one. Now, obviously, we know that when Mount Vesuvius erupted in AD 79 in southern Italy, you know, Pompeii was one of, one of the areas completely uh, obliterated with, with the, the volcanic spewing out, and the city turned to stone, and people are able to go and visit this area, and they pick up relics. And it seems that so many people have been picking up relics 
Um, it's pilfering. It's, they shouldn't be doing it, but they do. Um, and then nasty things happen to them. And we've just had a recent example of a woman who took stones from the area. She developed breast cancer and got divorced. And she discovered that an American woman who'd done exactly the same thing developed breast cancer and got divorced. But, that you know, this isn't just two people. There have been lots of incidents like this. And the the way that people seem to think they can break the course is to the curse is to send the stones back with a letter. So many of these stones and artifacts have come back. There's actually a, a museum dedicated to this, to the, to the returning remnants in Pompeii, with people thinking that they've broken the curse for what I suppose is their petty pilfering and um, picking up relics from an ancient site of death and destruction. I think 16,000 people perished in, in that one. This is so interesting to me. Uh, so my, so my, not to you know. So my kid, my my eldest, um, has just is just learning about Pompeii, and is a little bit freaked out by by oh. these. Yeah, she just finds it. You know, it was a bit. She's only four, so she's a little bit freaked out by the idea that people were kind of frozen, but or or you know, fro not frozen, but you know, larvered to the spot. This is yeah, fascinating. If I was going to be really cynical, I'd say, um, particularly in this instance of a woman who gets divorced, well, one in two people these days get divorced, so not that, not, you know, yeah. that surprising. And also breast cancer is um, unfortunately um, one of the, you know, the highest, the, the biggest cancers for women. So again, but as you say, if this is an awful lot of people talking about this and various other misfortunes that they've experienced, I don't know. I think I might be remaining a bit cynical on this one, but I'd love to, I'm just saying to our producer, I'd love to get the director uh, of uh, Pompeii's archaeological park, who I believe is a gentleman called Gabriel Zuchtriegel. I'd love to try and get him on the show and find out more about this curse and, and the letters that come back yeah. to him. Because that must be, I mean, it's one of the most popular sites, obviously, so <laughs> they must be getting an awful lot of letters. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm saying if they set up a museum, I would like to be the postman there. <laughs> I know. Oh, extraordinary. Uh, and finally, uh, oh, I saw this story. Isn't it sweet? Um, a six-legged oh. spaniel puppy who was abandoned in a UK shopping centre uh, at 11 weeks old uh, has had surgery to remove her spare limbs. Well, can you believe this, this little puppy has been called Ariel after the Disney character Mermaid because uh -huh. of the fusion of... The, 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 the two spare legs looked a bit like a mermaid's tail. Now, there was such worldwide interest in this one that £15,000 has been raised for the operation, which has taken place, and basically all fantastic, good success story. The remaining limbs all fine, all intact, She's recovering and she's now looking for a new home. So it's a very good end to this story. I'm entirely convinced that she's going to have a home by probably tomorrow afternoon. I can, you know, I I, the, so. the Brits are a nation of animal lovers. I think there will be an awful lot of people uh, messaging in to try and provide Ariel with a home. And why shouldn't they? Very, very sweet. Kay, thank you very much indeed. Have a wonderful week. Are we back with you next week or is his lordship back from his <laughs> travels? No, gorgeous Gavin is back, so he'll be able to tell you about his, his sunny travels. I'm I'm sitting here waiting for storm Aisha to blow in. So um, yes, enjoy the sunshine. All we'll of you. do, <laughs> we'll do. Thank you very much indeed, Kate Oliver, standing in for Gavin Gray for the last couple of weeks. But Gigi, back with us uh, next.